This episode is sponsored by Rulin Group. There are four gifts I've received over the years that really stood out, and the common link between all of them is each one was sourced through the Ruling Group. If you want to deliver amazing gifts that capture people's attention, go to GiversEdge.com to learn more. Welcome to the Grow My Revenue Business Cast with Ian Altman, unconventional strategies for selling innovation, and leadership. Ian interviews some of the brightest minds who share proven methods to help you achieve success and grow revenue with integrity. Every episode concludes with a quick recap of actionable steps you can take to deliver tangible, immediate results for your business. Now, here's your host, Ian Altman. Hey, it's Ian Altman. On this episode, I'm joined by Joe Polizzi. Joe's the founder of the Content Marketing Institute. He's really like almost the godfather of content marketing as we know it today. He's the winner of the 2014 John Caldwell Lifetime Achievement Award from the Content Council. He's a guy who has written numerous books. His latest book, Content Inc., is really just like the roadmap that profiles companies who have been successful using content and identifies the six key attributes that they all share in common. We'll talk about the biggest mistake that companies make when it comes to content, the right strategy to really generate results using content, and we'll talk about their documentary, the story of content, and the genesis behind it. There's a ton of great information that I know you're going to get from Joe Polizzi, and we're going to have a good time. After all, Joe's a guy, when you meet him in person, he's going to be wearing orange. So let's see if you can see that through the headphones. Joe, welcome to the show. Ian, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. That's not true. At least, but maybe half the time, it's a pleasure for you to talk to me. Well, I mean... (laughs) It's still pretty good odds, right? I mean, <laughs> it's a 50 50 shot. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's like a little better than 50%. I mean, okay, to be honest, sometimes I don't like to talk to you. No, I understand. We, I always, we always have a good, we, we can never stop talking to each other. That's the problem. You and I get together. It's just gab, gab, gab. <laughs> that is the problem. In fact, people should know that. Uh, if we if we played the entire episode, it would be like seven hours. But in, in fact, we're going to have about a you know twenty to thirty minute episode here. But it was just all the stuff beforehand well, that we talked about. That well, uh, I think yeah, I think the one time you and I had coffee together, and I'm just like, you know what? It's like three in the morning now. Like, <laughs> like I need to go. Like yeah. they're going to put out a, a APB on me or something. Like, they're looking for me. Exactly. So, you know, you're you're well regarded as really an expert, if not the expert, and the expert's a bold word. So we'll call you an expert when it comes to the world of content marketing. And a lot of people think they know what that means. But when in, in your world, when you define content, obviously your latest book is Content Inc., but when you define content marketing, what do you mean? I'll give you the formal definition, Ian, and then we could talk about you know, how you're going to explain it to a layperson that yep. just doesn't get it. First of all, I like, you're right. Nobody's an expert in this. We're all learning. And I'm, I'm just lo- love to learn every day in this whole thing. So if I was to formally define content marketing, I would say, I want to take an approach. It's an approach to business. It's a business model where I'm going to say, I want to create valuable, relevant, and compelling information on a consistent basis to a targeted audience in order to see some uh, profitable beha- behavior for our organization. Now, that's the formal definition. If I'm going to say, no, explain that to me like I'm a three-year-old, sure. I would say, I really want to become like a media company. I want to 
build an audience. I'm going to build an audience that knows, likes, and trusts me because I'm creating such amazing information at all times. And that audience's behavior changes because I'm sending out this valuable information where they're going to buy more from us. They're going to stay longer as customers. Uh, they're going you know, be more loyal. Whatever, whatever the case is, that's what we're trying to do. We're not just creating content for content's sake. We're creating content because we want to see a behavior change. And the belief is if we do this really well and we deliver a value through our communications, they're going Going to know, like, and trust us more, and they're going to buy from us. Yeah, and and I, I love the way you define that, especially the here's for a three year old. Here's a simple concept, um, because I think a lot of times people get hung up on all the mechanics and they lose the fundamentals of creating valuable, relevant content for their audience, and instead they create what amounts to marketing blab yep. instead of stuff that's valuable. So, what are the biggest mistakes that you see companies make when they think? they're taking the right approach to content marketing. Well, you mentioned the first one. The first one is 90% of the content created out there is about our products and services, features, and benefits. And you know what? And you know this better than anybody. For the most part, people don't care about that. They're trying to solve a problem, and you're going to help them, and you're going to say immediately, here's my product or service, and they're not ready for that. So we we don't even want to go that far. So the first thing is, don't talk about yourself so much. Focus on your audience's needs. So that's step one. Step two, as I would really say, a differentiator two that we're really seeing a problem all over the board is you're probably, cre- if you're a business, you're probably creating content that's just like everyone else's content. You're not telling a different story. If you're not telling a different story, there's no way you're going to cut through the clutter and be found or uh, be, you know, be able to pick up an audience and to nurture that audience over time. So that's the second thing. And the third thing is very simple is most businesses aren't consistent with their content. If you look at look at the greatest media companies, Ian, of all time, what do they do better than anyone else? They consistently deliver content. They, if you're even back to the new newspapers, you know exactly when in the morning you're going to get your newspaper delivered. If I'm watching Sports Center on ESPN, I know exactly what time that's coming on, and I want to I want to make yep. sure I stay tuned for that. Uh, if you deliver two blog posts a week. I'm going to say, no, you don't. You don't deliver two blog posts a week. You deliver a blog post on Tuesday, and you send that out at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, and you deliver one on Thursday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. Set this expectation that you're going to deliver value on a consistent basis. And I just tell you, I've never seen a content marketing approach work, Ian, unless it's consistently delivered. And honestly, most businesses start and stop, or they just throw up stories all over the place, and there's no strategy to it, and it's never going to work. Yeah, well, it's uh, I love how you talk about the consistency in, you know, for the, when I started this business, I said, okay, I'm going to write an article every week. And of course, now my, my articles are in Forbes every week, but still to my list of subscribers, they get every Wednesday morning in a, uh, an email at the exact same time. That's and right. I knew that I had made an impact the first time we had a technical issue and in the one hour between when the when the article normally comes out and when it actually went out, um, we had about like fifty five emails from people like, "Hey, by the way, I didn't get it." <laughs> right? And it's like, "Oh my god, people actually care. Someone's actually noticing when we deliver this stuff." And it kind of got me scratching my head, like, "Wow, you know what? There is an audience out there that's listening to this stuff." Oh, that's a great case study. You know, the, what's what's so funny? If you talk to, I just gave a presentation for a bunch of small businesses the other day. And I, and I said, how many of you do e-newsletters? And like half the room raised your hand. And I said, all right, you don't have to raise your hand to this. So I said, but how many of you 
actually think if you didn't send that e-newsletter, how many complaints would you get? <laughs> and most of them are like, nobody's going to complain. I said, that's, then you probably shouldn't be sending it. Yeah. If they don't want it, if your audience doesn't want it, don't do it. And I think you're right. In, the, in your first point is we usually send out information that's so self-serving. It's the story we want to tell instead of the story that our audience needs to hear. And that's a very, very important differentiator. Well, that's that's a great thing you say. It's not the story we want to tell. It's a story that our audience wants to hear. And in fact, I want to give you an example because I was just in Seattle and I met with the marketing manager for the El Gaucho restaurant chain. So it's one of the one of the best steakhouse groups and restaurant groups in the Seattle area. I mean, they've got, I forget how many properties now, but a bunch of them in the Pacific Northwest. And they're well regarded as like the place to go for a high-end dining experience in Seattle. And having been to a bunch of their places, I can tell you it's amazing. And their director of marketing, because I want to get your comment on this approach, they're, they're creating a series of blogs as well as videos. And the first one they're creating is the following, which is, so what's the proper etiquette and what things should you know about to create an amazing social event or party? Not at their restaurant, just if you're somebody who's going to be entertaining people during the holidays, if you're someone who's going to do an event, how do you make sure that your guests have an amazing experience? And nowhere in the article and nowhere in the video does it talk about their property per se, other than it's obvious that they're the ones who produced it. What do you think about that? Well, I – well. I have to put out the disclaimer is if they've done research on their audience and they know that that's something that that particular audience cares about, I think it's brilliant. Yeah. I think that's wonderful to say, look, we're going to deliver value and we know that we can't deliver. And restaurants are a really good example because what are you going to do? You're going to send them a coupon every week? What, like, what are you going to talk about? Oh, we've got a new special. You could, but I'd rather do that around the content. I'd rather deliver them something of value. Like, what I love, and I've seen some restaurants do this where they'll actually, Say you know I know that you love our very our special uh, uh, lasagna that we do. We're going to give away the recipe. Here you go. Yeah. Create it at home. Here's step by step. Here's a video tutorial. It's going to take you through. The, and and most restaurants are like, no, we're not going to do that. We don't want to give away the secret sauce. But that's the thing. If that content is so valuable, you give away that secret sauce. You're going to create a relationship, a tie with that person because you know what they're going to do. They're going to say, I don't have time to make lasagna like that. I want to just go eat it. I'm going to go to that restaurant yeah. and enjoy that. I mean, well, I love it. You just got to be delivering value at every every piece of communication you said has to be valuable. And I think we forgot that along the way somewhere. The, the, the cool follow-up that they're doing is they're saying, look, if you're an executive who's going to be hosting an event, we're holding an event here geared towards people who are planning to host an event. And we're going to actually show you and this is, a, or this is a program that you can sign up for to come in on the best way to entertain your guests. Is there a revenue opportunity? Uh, no. They just, there's no, there's no. no sell. They're not no. trying to sell their back room there no, but, or but anything th like but that. Th but think about this. So you're an executive who's planning an event, and th you, this matters enough to you that you want to go and make sure that you do it properly. Now, so you've gone through this training at El Gaucho, where are you most likely to host an event now? That's right. I mean, it's brilliant because they're adding value. And in fact, if someone calls them for a private room and they don't have a private room available, they will tell the person, you know what? Let us call three other area restaurants that offer a similar experience and see if they have a private room available. This way, you don't have to call around. Let me check with those people. 
Well, you know what's brilliant about that strategy? You know the hardest part for a restaurant, hardest thing for a restaurant to do is get somebody in your restaurant for the first time. Yeah. This gives somebody an excuse to get there for the first time and they don't have to buy anything. And then they'll and then that you've already gotten first the biggest the biggest barrier to selling something. So yeah. I love that. Now now one other thing I want to ask you about is this. A lot of times the organizations I speak with struggle about not including biased information in their content. So they create content and in the end they want to say, oh, and for more information, contact us. And they want to have a call to action. They want to have something else. Talk about what that does when you're trying to build trust with somebody. I think that everyone has an agenda. As long as you're transparent about that agenda, it's fine. But your point is, and how have how have media companies been successful over the years? They keep the sales outside of the content. Yeah. Keep the content pure. And like for example, we talked about an e-newsletter. Let's say that you know we do this with our like my weekly uh, content marketing institute e-newsletter. I just give them a really fantastic article, something I've been thinking about, struggling about for the week that I think the the subscribers that we have need to know about. Do we sell stuff? Yeah, on the outside. Yeah, it's not in that article itself. And I think people, you, you can't do the bait and switch. What I'd rather do is just make a clear delineation and say, here, we're trying to educate you. This is all for you. And then other under it, around it, on your web page, wherever else it's going to be, I think it's fine to say, hey, we drive revenue this way. So in order for us to stay in business and for us to keep delivering you amazing value through whatever we do, here's different ways that we make money. I think it's completely okay. You know, I think people sure. appreciate that as well. So I would just say, you know, I like to keep the content pure uh, where it makes sense. And only in very few occasions, if it, like, for example, when we're talking about, you know, we, we do a lot of articles on how to run your own event. Like yeah. you should be, how do you run your own marketing event? Because we run a lot of events. We sure. know how to do them really well. And and at the end, it's like, well, if you really want to see how an event's run, come to Content Marketing World. <laughs> Absolutely. Because we want to help. But yeah. that's totally okay because what you're saying is, and here's an example. And I think the mistake that a lot of people make is, that is, for example, if you're a financial services company, you might say, oh, here are the ways to solve all these problems. And then they actually feel like in the end they have to say, and oh, and if you're having these problems, contact us and we can solve it for you. And the person who just read it kind of goes, ooh, now it feels kind of slimy. Like up until this point, I felt like I was being educated. I didn't realize I was being sold to. You know, the greatest example of that of all time is John Deere created something called the Furrow Magazine. They created it in 1895, and it was specifically targeting small business farmers and how they can be, you know, how they can get more out of the farm, how they need to hire, all those types of things that small, all those pain points from uh, farmers that they have. They've been developing that magazine for 120 years. So it's actually the 120 year, 20 year anniversary. And it's the largest media property in the farming industry. It goes out to 40 different countries and 14 languages, wow. 1.5 million subscribers. And I talked to the production team there and I said, John, I said, how many times over the 120 years of content? So there's been thousands and thousands of articles. Sure. How many times did you actually mention a John Deere product or service in the content itself? And he thought about it for a second, scratched his head, and he said, it's been about 12 to 15 times. And I said, <laughs> I said, 12 to 15 times last year? He said, no, 12 to 15 times in 120 years. Yeah. Amazing, and, that's, huh? and that's why John Deere is John Deere, because yeah. they're always delivering value. Yeah. And that's and that's the that's the beauty of this is making it so that people are getting value 
And I think that's the thing that most people miss in terms of content is it's about creating value. And I get comments from people who were in the sales field like I am, and they'll say to me, man, you give away all your best stuff. Like, aren't you worried about that? And I always smile because it's like, that's what it's all about. You just haven't figured it out yet. It's okay to give stuff away. The people who want to do business with you will still want to do business with you. In fact, they'll want to do business with you even more. I love, you know what, that's so perfect for consultants and writers because you, I'm sure you hear it all the time. I do too, where you get a consultant that says, well, I'm not going to give all my intelligence, all my IP away. Yeah. And I'm like, well, good luck finding business because you know what, you have to put your best stuff out there for them to even consider you. Cause you know what you want? You won't, you don't even want them to, to RFP it out. You, oh, yeah. they, you want them to come directly to you like they do with you. I mean, you and I have talked about this where they'll go directly to Ian Altman and they'll say, look, I've seen your stuff. I've seen you speak, Ian. I've read your stuff on the on the web. I'm already bought in. How much? Exactly. Yeah, That's it's, it. And, That's and, all we want, right? And you can't do that unless you give your best stuff away. And this is the thing. They're not going to steal it. They don't want to do it. Yeah. They just want to believe that you can do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 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 funny. For me, I always laugh because the the comment is usually, so man, our whole team has read this article. We've read the books. We know it's not going to be inexpensive. Are you available on this date? That's right. <laughs> right. And it's just, you know, it's a it's a great thing. It's very flattering. And when I first started this business, I was afraid to give that information away. And through influence from you and from Marcus Sherrod and other friends, I realized, no, no, give it all away. And now I get to say it like it was my idea, but I didn't used to give stuff away. And I learned that it's better to give stuff away. <laughs> All day long. I mean, obviously, we built our business model on top of it at sure. Shout Marketing Institute. And just is the more we can give. And we just want – basically, we want to one-up everybody else in the world by giving away the best information for free. And if we believe we create that amount of value, it will come back to us tenfold. And, and it has. And that's all we try to do. Yep. Now, at Content Marketing World this uh, this last year that I had the privilege of presenting at and uh, and attending, and you guys put on, and I'm not just saying this, you guys put on an amazing event. You you showed you, you had the first screening of The Story of Content, which is this documentary that you produced. And I know that this John Deere publication was in there as well. So talk a little bit about The Story of Content, what inspired you to create that, and you know maybe give people an idea of where they can where they can view it. Absolutely. So the reason, so it's a 43 minute documentary all about content marketing. It's the first content marketing movie. And the reason, Ian, why we wanted to do that was the biggest um, challenge that we get from our audience is they'll come to us and they'll say, my CMO, my VP of marketing, my CEO, they don't understand content marketing and I can't get support for this approach. Over and over again, every city we go to, everywhere in the world. And we were like, what can we do? And we started talking about this a year before. So this was Content Marketing World 2014, so a year before it was released. And we said, what can we do to, um, to take care, to, to, to get rid of that barrier? Uh, for those people to make sure they could sell this internally. And we started to create this thing. We went all over the world. We went to Germany. We went to um, went to Australia. Uh, we went to Denmark. For, and the Yuska Bank case study was there. And then all over the United States. And we put together this thing about the value of content marketing. And it's been amazing, Ian, because what happened from that, we weren't even ready for the... I mean, we've had 
uh, you know, tens of thousands of people watch this thing. We've had people come to us and say, look, can, can we get a kit on this? So we put together a screening kit. So they've gotten together with their whole teams, all marketing teams, all these agencies get together. They were looking at it, viewing it as, a, as an organization. And so we just feel that it's exactly what we wanted it to be. And anybody that, if whoever listening to this, if you have people in your organization that simply don't get content marketing, go to thestoryofcontent.com, or if you have Amazon Prime, which I think everybody in the world has by now. I think there's seven people who don't. (laughs) I think you're right. (laughs) For you seven that don't have it, everyone else, just go to Amazon Prime. It's right on there. Click play. And uh, it's 43 minutes long. I guarantee it's fun. It's some humorous parts in it, and you'll get the value out of it. The case studies are, are brilliant. And of, of course, our good friend Marcus Sheridan has one of those case studies in there for river pools and spas. And I love that case study, especially oh, yeah. because of the, the opportunity where he's installing fiberglass pools and he, and he grew this global following because of his content marketing approach. And now he's a manufacturer of pools oh, yeah. because he had to take advantage of that demand and he couldn't do it just in a small area of the United States. I just love that. Yeah, it's, it's, you know what? It's, it's a great story. And uh, as you know, I mean, Marcus and I are good friends as, as you are. And it's just, it's a great story. And I will tell you that, and I don't know if it's because I know all the people in there, but the 43 minutes just flew by. And if you're thinking 43 minutes on, on the story of content, you know, I, I'm not saying that it's going to like beat out star Wars at the box office, no, but, no, no. <laughs> but, I, but, but it's, but it's, it's entertaining. It's entertaining to, to view it. I've shared it with a number of people who are like, man, that's really helpful. And that buy-in's a big issue. Um, the last thing that I want to make sure that we cover here is I want to get kind of the, the Cliff's notes version of content Inc, which is your latest book. Um, cause I know that I, I love the fact that you've got all five-star reviews at Amazon. So you haven't even got anybody who's cranky yet, but, um, you know, I'll, I'll be sure to post like a three-star <laughs> review just to make it sure that everyone knows it's it, realistic. To, yeah. You know, that they're not <laughs> fake people exactly. that are going through. No. Um, so here's the cliff notes, cliff notes, uh, behind this whole thing was I wanted to write the story about how, what we did at content marketing Institute that with literally no resources and no spending on advertising. Uh, we created a $10 million company, the fastest growing business media company in North America. And all. And I'm like, we, we did it through this content marketing approach. And then I said, well, nobody's going to care about that. Nobody cares about Joe Polizzi. Nobody cares about <laughs> CMI. So we've got to do this. I got to be smarter about this. So I went all over. We went finding case studies all over the world, of course, including Marcus's and many others. And we got dozens and dozens and dozens of these amazing case studies about these companies that started with pretty much nothing. And they went out and they built an audience first. And then they monetized that audience and became literally multimillionaires. And I was like, what did they do? How did they do this? So we started from the at the end. We began with the ending. And in each one, we reverse engineered the process and we looked for similarities. So we said, well, what did all these companies do similarly? Is there a model here that we can send out to the public and they can actually get this and use this and shorten their time to building an audience and monetizing that audience? And this is the amazing thing, Ian, um, which just still blows me away. Every one of the companies did the exact same six steps. They didn't follow a model. There was no model. They were all like happy accidents. Even us, we sort of just stumbled around and found our way with it. 
but we basically documented six steps. So it's the Content Inc. model, as we call it, is a six-step strategy to building an audience that knows, likes, and trusts you. And then we teach you in the book how to monetize that audience once you built an, once you built that audience up from ground zero. And uh, I'm super proud of it. It's you know even though I've written four books, Ian, I know you've written many books yourself, and this is the one I'm the most proud of because I think this is the one that make the make the most impact with companies of any size. So I, and I get the excuse all the time. I'm sure you hear it. Hey, I'm a small business, or I'm an entrepreneur. I've got no resources. I can't do this content marketing thing. This book is all about David versus Goliath. Any company of any size can use this, and you don't have to have a big ad budget, big marketing budget. Uh, you can actually make an impact, grow an audience, and, and actually create a substantial career or uh, or enterprise out of it, depending on how big you want to get it. So yeah. the, that's the cliff notes. No, that's you know what it's awesome, and I know that it's something that adds so much value. I mean, it might create a tax burden for some people because now their businesses will grow so fast. <laughs> you know <laughs> what? If that's the problem, it's like, oh, I I can't believe I created that book because now people have to pay taxes. Guys are going to be like that damn Joe Polizzi. I never <laughs> had to pay taxes before, but now I'm paying a huge amount in taxes let's, all because Joe showed me how to make more money using content. <laughs> let's hope we all pay many many taxes in the next couple of years around that. I would I would absolutely love that. That so, would be great. So Joe, in, in, in wrapping up here, and we'll definitely have to have you back another time. What, if you had one piece of advice for people and you can have multiple parts to it if you like, but if you had one piece of advice for people on how to best incorporate content into their business, and I'll tell them that the first thing they should do is get content Inc and watch the story of content. But beyond those things, what are, what's the one thing or a couple things that people should do as a first step to achieve better results with their content? Well, we already mentioned I'll, just the one we already mentioned was the critical one, but then I'll give you another one. The, the, that's just you have to tell a different story. You have to focus on one particular audience and a niche that you can actually have a fighter's chance of breaking through all the clutter. Uh, and, and you have to do some research on that and build a strategy where you actually are telling a different story. So we already talked about that. Yep. But if we go to execution, and this is the thing that I just was astounded by uh, with all the case studies in Content Inc., it's a very simple model that nobody follows. Usually when people want to tell a story, they want to create content. Today, they're throwing it up everywhere. It's like, oh, we got to be on Facebook and Twitter and God help us all, Snapchat and, <laughs> and blog and, and podcast and webinar and video. And they, they feel we got to do everything. That's actually not the winning model. The winning model that we found with all these companies is they focus on just one content type for the most part. Is it audio? Is it video? Is it textual? They focus on one content, one platform. Is it iTunes? Is it YouTube? Is it my blog or website? They consistently deliver, and then they're patient. It yeah. takes it honestly takes over twelve months to really build a loyal audience with with a customer base, and that's where most people give up. We talked about the consistency. I, if you, Quality content is usually not – people think it's all oh, because the content's bad. That's why it's not engaging and that's why I'm not building an audience. Yes, but that's not the biggest reason. The biggest reason is because most people stop. They, 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 they go three months, they go six months, and they stop or they're inconsistent and they don't make it happen. So that building the base model, those four steps, content type, platform, consistently, and patience – 
That's in every model in the world, from Huffington Post to New York Times to ESPN to River Pools and Spas to Red Bull to Coca-Cola. They've all done it the same way. And for somewhere somewhere we lost that or never found it, and that's why I love in the book we talk about that so much because it's such a simple model, and you don't have to be everywhere online. You just have to be focused and valuable. Great, great advice. So, Joe Polizzi, thanks for being here. What's the best way for our audience to get a hold of you? Oh, for me personally, I'm at Joe Polizzi on Twitter, P-U-L-I-Z-Z-I. All the book resources, there's a free chapter to the book, all kinds of free goodies on content-inc.com. You know the documentary, the story of content.com, and then everything for Content Marketing Institute or our big event, Content Marketing World, is at contentmarketinginstitute.com. Excellent. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Ian. Anytime, my friend. Joe and I could just talk for hours. He's got such amazing content, and it's always a pleasure to talk to. Let me give you a 30-second recap of the biggest things I think you can take away in using your business right away. First, note that Joe mentions that 90% of people talk about their products and services when they're trying to create content. Never mix your pitch with your content where you're adding value. Make sure you're clear about what problem you're solving, that you have a unique story, and that you're consistent with your message. And finally, take the time to review their documentary, The Story of Content, and read Joe's book, Content Inc. It's amazing. Finally, on the execution side, here's what I want you to remember. Tell a different story in a niche. Pick one channel to excel in. Do it well and be patient. This isn't a light switch. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And if you do this right, content will drive the greatest amount of business to you. This show gets its direction from you, the listener. If you know someone I should have as a guest on the show, or you have a topic you'd love for me to cover, please let me know. Just drop me an email at ian.altman at growmyrevenue.com. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everyone can embrace, even your customer. Thank you for joining us each week for the Grow My Revenue Business Cast with Ian Altman unconventional strategies for selling, innovation, and leadership. Be sure to subscribe to our program on iTunes or Stitcher. Don't miss Ian's weekly newsletter and be a part of the conversation on growmyrevenue.com and via Twitter at growmyrevenue.com.